0: Welcome to the Life Podcast. We believe Jesus came to give you life and life to the full. And this podcast is all about discovering the life you've always wanted.
1: Welcome to Life Church 7 Podcast. I'm Jim Sim, and... I'm Drew Islander. (laughs) And we're here together doing it a little differently today. So normally we do interviews, but today we're just going to, we're going to talk about something that's important to our church, something that's important individually to both of us. um, And that is foreign missions. Or missions, let's say. And you just came back from what we did. Our church had had two mission trips this summer already. One was to Burkina Faso in uh, West Africa. And the other one was one that you led with Kaylee, your wife, to Mm. Honduras. Yes. And uh, tell us a little bit about that. How many people were down there? Yeah, it's uh, it's been a trip that grows every year. The last
0: three years consecutively, there's been 20 more people than the previous year. This year, we brought 62 people. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Someone said, well, that sounds like a... Uh, a logistical challenge, and in, in some ways, it definitely is, but definitely worth it. It was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, what's uh what's the biggest logistical challenge about doing a team that size like that? Well, the benefit is that you can make a big impact. There's a lot of things that you can do. We went in a
0: lot of different directions, um, but sending out the teams, making sure they get to where they're going, just travel to airfare uh, currently in yeah. our world is a challenge.
1: Um, but there was actually a grace on that. So it's quite a commitment to actually put a group together like that, just from a logistical point of view before anything else. Yeah. Just to get where you're going.
0: Yeah. Hotel rooms, the travel, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot, it's a challenge, but it's, it's a great challenge.
1: Yeah. Well, so, so let's, let's back up a little bit. So we we introduced this, we want to talk about missions and all that. So what would you say, a lot of people might not even know that, they've heard that word, let's say if they've been in church in a long time, they've probably heard it. How Mm -hmm. would you define, what is missions? Yeah, I, I think, you know, it's
0: funny that term can be a little bit clouded to you with, because I know the LDS church sends up people a on a mission, patient. you know, mm-hmm. and so I actually get that quite a bit when I say, yeah, we're going on a missions trip. Some people say, oh, are you LDS? You think no. you're a Mormon? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, But uh, simply put, a missions trip is, um, you know, going someplace outside of your home, I would say, and then going to reach a people group with a with an objective and uh, a mission, and preaching the gospel,
1: bringing the gospel of Jesus to to other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, would that include um, within your own country, or is it only overseas to a different country?
0: Yeah, I think local missions is is actually a fair and accurate term. You can go. So, for example, we went to. Uh, I brought a team of interns one year. I think it was 2017 to Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. And we called it a local missions trip, but we, you know, it's getting outside of your own home, your own sphere of influence and yep. going somewhere else, partnering with other
1: organizations potentially. Yep. And, uh, just diving into their culture and their, their region. Yeah. I'm thinking about when you're saying that, I'm thinking about, um, the first chapter of Acts where Jesus is, you know, about to ascend to heaven, right? And he talks to the the disciples or the apostles there, and he's telling them that they're going to be witnesses when they receive power from, you know, what is going to be the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But uh, that power is for them to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Judea, Samaria. Samaria. So there's this, like, uh, it's not concentric circles, but it's like, it's right home first, Jerusalem, so that's where they were. Then Judea would be the region they were in. Then Samaria is going beyond that and then to the ends of the earth. So... Um, I'm thinking about that when you're saying that. So anything in that can be considered missional. Yeah, I would say. Getting out of just your, your immediate home or job or something like that, yeah. right? And going somewhere on a mission to do, well, you said preach the gospel. So mm-hmm. is it, give give us some more, what? You're going to go preach the gospel. What does does that look like? What did it look like in Honduras? Yeah, you know, I think when you look at the gospels,
0: you look, what does it look like to love like Jesus? You know, the the gospel is a fundamental part of a missions trip, sharing sharing the gospel of of Jesus. So there's an opportunity for salvation. But he loved people where they were. He met them. Uh, He brought healing. He brought deliverance. Mm -hmm. He brought, um, he met physical needs. He fed people, you know, crowds of people at times. And uh, so, so I you know, missions trip includes all of those things just to, to love like Jesus did. And so when we were in Honduras, for example, the proper way to say it is Honduras, but you know, we all know it as Honduras, (laughs) us white folk. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So, but while we were there, we did that very thing where we did outreach. We, we spent time, we had teams that went into hospitals. We had teams that went into public and private schools Uh, We did dramas, and then we had the invitation for salvation, and then also the invitation to pray for people. We did inner healing ministry with uh, Teen Challenge, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and we did evening services in local churches, Um, and we did food distribution. Um, We've done food distribution in the past. So you
1: covered a lot of different aspects. Yeah. Yeah. Like what you say, how Jesus did it, fed the Mm 5,000, healed a blind person, a deaf person. Yeah. Minister to was compassionate towards a woman who's bleeding, different things like that. So, you see, so it sounds like you did a lot of those different parts. Yeah. Teen Challenge, you mentioned then there, so that's a drug addiction or drug recovery yes. center, right? So, yeah. you mentioned doing inner healing in there. Tell us a little bit more about that. What was that like? And you didn't take 65 people in there, did you? No. 62. So, we get
0: to distribute with a team that size, you get to go and make a difference in a lot of different areas. And so, we would send a team out um, almost every day to one of those locations. Okay. And so we would split into groups, you know, depending on the need. And so the Teen Challenge site was great. So that's an adult and teen challenge program. And so a lot of these men are coming out of gangs in Honduras, and they are looking to get clean, sober. It's a discipleship program. Yeah. It's a one-year program. And so it was neat to see this year there was 31 men there, and all but one were brand new. Like they didn't, had never seen us before. So last year we ministered, we did this with that group. So we got a a whole fresh group of, of men getting clean, sober and discipled. And so, um, yeah, so we would just go out, we break them into small groups and then just go through some of our Sozo training. We, a lot of our team had training in that and we're Mm -hmm. able to bring real help. Um, you know, they're saved already, but -hmm. it just helps with
1: being healed and the delivered side. Yeah, You know, of that sozo, that Greek word sozo, saved, healed, and delivered. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. And so that's really like a marginalized group. Yeah. Because I think for myself, that that's an important part. The, the good news is preached to the poor. Yeah. So there's the poor in spirit, right, and all that. Yeah. So it's not only just economically poor. Mm-hmm. Um but of course, it includes those people. But there's marginalised groups that are included in the poor people, that disenfranchised. Yes. I mean that word gets used in the wrong way. I know politically and all, it gets distorted. But literally, people who are on the fringes of society, let's say, or mm-hmm. broken because you mentioned hospitals, yep. Uh, teen challenge. So these are addicts and gangs, uh, people people that let's say, generally in society, uh, are hard to reach, mm-hmm. or or have been discarded, maybe, yeah. or or people give up on them. Yeah. Yeah, our first missions trip that I, that I was ever a
0: part of, I was 35 years old. I'd never been on a missions trip. My wife had done quite a few missions trips as a teenager in, in her youth group with uh, Pastor Benny Perez. They would go to Sun City, Mexico every year. So she was really exposed to foreign missions. Mm-hmm. And when we went to Bulgaria, and we ministered to gypsies. And, I mean, they check all those boxes rejected, hated, mm-hmm. you know, lots of racism towards them, discarded. You know, and when we would tell people, yeah, we're going to go minister to the gypsies. I mean, the look on people's faces is like, why, I like it. yeah, why would you, you know? And so that was really our first, my first exposure to missions. It was, it was really powerful. Um, but when you see the gospel and the authentic love of Jesus touch a person uh, that's been discarded, they just respond. And we got to see the gospel spreading like wildfire in these gypsy neighborhoods and the same is true in Honduras and
1: around the world. When you bring mm-hmm. the love of Jesus, people respond to it. It's mm-hmm. it's it's so attractive. How did you get connected to Honduras? How, how did Life Church Seven and, and you and your wife Kayla, how did you get this connection and this you said you've been there a few years? Yeah. You know, um in sequence. So how is that relationship built? Yes, in two thousand I believe it was
0: eighteen. Uh, an evangelist organization, uh, Evangelist Stephen Evans, out of Texas. He's out of Fort Worth, uh, and he's out of the same church as my cousin, Dan. And um, basically, they did a big stadium crusade, and they brought a big team. I mean, uh, I think there was a couple hundred people that went. Oh, wow. And, yeah, it was, it was amazing. <clears throat> and so a lot of ministry, a lot of outreach, uh, handing out food distribution, then inviting to the stadium crusade. And so Dan called me up. We were praying. I had our interns at the time. And we were praying for, Lord, where do you want us to go? Literally that day, about two hours later, my cousin called and said, Hey, I think I have an opportunity you might be interested in.
1: Why, why were you praying to
0: go somewhere? Uh, we wanted that to be a part of our internship. It was at the end of the internship, we would pick a place or, you know, led by the Lord of where to go and do a foreign missions trip at, and, at the end of the internship.
1: Yeah, yeah. And yeah. why was that important to you? I just, uh, I think... Part, for the internship.
0: Yeah. So the interns were young adults, the people that we lead, you know, yeah. as young adult pastors here. And so it's just we've just seen the Lord show up, you know, on these trips and we see people radically changed for life. Life changing encounters with God, being used by the Lord in ways that they'd never even imagined
1: possible. So is it something Drew, that happens set because you have an ongoing ministry with them through the year, so is it something that happens separate to what you're doing or in addition to what you're doing? the it that the trip itself necessitates that peace? Yeah, I think I think one of the things that
0: I've seen on every trip is it's it's intensive. So it's every day. You know, like mm-hmm. you can come to church on a Sunday, you know, there's six days in between. You have your own personal walk with the Lord and your own devotional time. But this is like an intensive thing where we do devotionals every morning. We worship, we pray together, uh and and the presence
1: of God just shows up so it's kind of like it. so what you're doing is it's what what the let's say the advantage or the upgrade is in addition to a week-to-week ministry going on a mission trip is that it's a devoted mm-hmm. uh, period of time to being on a mission yeah. which is bringing the gospel with all these different forms or facets to it you yep. have lanes different groups to go to so that is it that is it the Lord responding, Drew, do you think, to that commitment of that individual or that group that a different grace comes on them? or Yeah, you know, it, it's an act of faith.
0: And Jesus uh-huh. always responds to faith. You know, a lot of people say, well, I can't afford it or I have the time or it'll be really challenging. There's always barriers to doing something for the Lord, yeah. especially that takes a lot of that's risk. That's true. That's yeah.
1: a true statement. That, that could be a whole other podcast. Right yeah. Here, but, yeah. But
0: so when you take risk and you say yes and... It's an act of faith. Uh God always responds to faith. I mean, how many times was Jesus just either marveled at someone's lack of faith or marveled at their the centurion, for example. Yeah, right. uh-huh. You know? I and mean, he just wow, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel, you know. And
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so I think I think that's a big part of it. It just pulls on his heart. He just shows up. He honors your risk, he honors your faith. Uh-huh. And so when you say yes to a missions trip, he shows up, you know especially if you feel led to go, like, I really feel the Lord prompting me to do this, this
1: year, this mm-hmm. is the time. And you say yes, it's, yeah, it's amazing. So it's a big upgrade for people. So you, yeah. so that's how it started with the Honduras, was through your cousin Dan in yeah. Texas. So yeah. you went there. Serving another ministry. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So um, tell us a little bit about that, the importance of serving another ministry. like So you're not just saying... Hey, I'm going to get a group of people together and get on a plane. And we're going to go to Honduras or Mexico, and we're just going to go on the streets and preach. Tell us a little bit. Yeah. What's just the int- value of the relationship that started there and yeah. that's continued? Yeah, it's interesting. So the first year we went, like you said, we were
0: serving Light of Life International, and they're still doing crusades all over the world now. They're in Africa, but predominantly in Latin America. And, um, so that was our exposure, you know, uh, but as I was there, I just felt, you know, I think Paul said it this way. He said, I, there's an open door for ministry. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just really obvious that God was opening a door to this nation. And, you know, I can give a few of those details, but, uh, so the first time we went, we were serving another ministry. That was our open door was come serve. We have connection. We're, we're establishing, you know, something here. We're doing a stadium crusade we're, and they were partnering with local churches which is what I love. The evangelist needs a partner with the pastor. Yep. So get people saved, but then get them connected to a local church. So I just love their formation. And um, so afterwards I just felt, well, we had made amazing relationships and there's a bunch of young adults that were our interpreters for the week from a specific church in the area, say church. Um, and we just fell in love with the people and they fell in love with us. They just and they kept wanting to be on our bus. Um and we were the crazy bus. You know, the the clearly charismatic group. Um yeah. and the ones that operated in the gifts and we spoke in tongues and, you know, prayed yeah, for yeah. healing and prophesied over each other. And so we just had this really it was a God connection. The Lord placed us together mm-hmm. with this church, Sayod. And so, you know, light of life was like, Hey, next year we're going to El Salvador and uh, and I felt the Lord say, I want you to stay in Honduras and build here and and add to what God's already doing, like
1: pour fuel on the fire. Kind yeah. That's real clear. Yeah. So is it now, so it seems like this is, this relationship has grown, this connection has grown between you and the leadership and the people of this church. And um, I'm assuming you're looking forward to doing it again yeah. next year. Yeah. What are the kind of people, you, you started out doing young adults, who were the people that were with you this time? And who could go with you in the future? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. This removes a lot of excuses, this answer. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, everything
0: that we do at Life Church Seven is multi-generational. So we have, we have pastors over every demographic. We have, um, you know, we, our school of supernatural ministry that you direct is, um, <clears throat> is multi-generational. Yeah. Right? It's not young or old. That's it's, true. It's multi-generational. So that's one of the strengths of our church is that we have every age group. That's what the body of Christ should be every Mm -hmm. age demographic, you know? Um, And so it was the same for the missions trip. So we had a 12, I think she was 12 years old, was the youngest. And then we had an 83 year old Uh, (laughs) and she asked if she could go, you know, and I just felt a peace on it. I said, absolutely. I just feel the Lord saying yes. And she was not a problem at all. It was great. And she worked hard. I mean, you could tell she was making an effort not to be a burden, but um, she was powerful. This is a grandma, just a spirit filled great grandma, really. Yeah. Um, and even the last day, one of our team members was a little bit sick and under the weather. And so I went into the room, uh, this was in back in the States. She was just laying her hands just like her grandma, just praying for healing <laughs> comfort. I mean, it was just really precious. So it, you know, mission trips are for anyone who
1: wants to give their yes to the Lord. And that's, so if somebody's listening to this, you're included, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Everybody's included. Yeah. Uh, I think that's great because when you were talking about a moment ago you were about different needs, so you were talking kind of in broad strokes of there's there's a hospital ministry, there's a school, there's uh, doing dramas, mm-hmm. there's going to the uh, addiction place, you know, and then there's the church ministry itself. And uh, we'll get to this in a minute, but I know guys, you guys did some stuff on the streets. And... Um, But also, in a specific way, having different generations there, there's a place for everybody, right? Because. We believe a lot here about being spiritual fathers and mothers and that we should all be growing into that role like paul said to timothy you know you don't have many fathers among right, you right. he mentions it in other places mm-hmm. i became a father to you i think he he talks about that in the philippians where he's, he's talking titus. about epaphroditus yeah. and i'm gonna send him back to you you know and uh, titus things yeah. like that exactly mm-hmm. so he uses that language a lot doesn't he paul yeah. about being a spiritual father and sons and daughters and when you get a great grandma there who's probably not going to be preaching her head off on the street somewhere or doing that yeah. Uh, necessarily, uh a whole bunch of robust things, but yeah. can certainly be powerful and strong in the Lord in ministering to people in a motherly, spiritual mother Absolutely. way, right? And mm-hmm. then on the other end of that, tell us about how the younger ones, like the twelve-year-old and up, how how did they fit into that? What was their yeah, what was the I what was the blessing of, the of having them involved? You
0: said the twelve-year-olds, I just felt God. So <laughs> uh yeah, it's really interesting. We just. Our youth, you know, everyone in our church is activated, you know, in our school, especially of supernatural ministry. That's a big part of that is, is, mm-hmm. is activation and missions trips are like a giant activation. They activate your faith, they activate, um, your reliance on God. Um, and so the youth, they had their own role, which was really powerful where they put together a skit team. My daughter actually directed it. Mm-hmm. And uh they had and my son was Jesus in the in the dramas <laughs> and so it was a lot of fun but they just did these dramas with music and it was really uh powerful and at the end of the drama they would share a testimony and so we did these in the schools we did these at a teen challenge we did them in in the city center you know just yeah uh-huh. we got done with a uh, um some of our outreach early one day and we just went to the city center and just God showed up just to a public square oh man yeah the, the, one of the oldest parts of Tegucigalpa is like the colonial part, uh-huh. but so so the young ones they all had the drama. So the youth they were all part of these skits and they did a phenomenal job. And just you know when you're a f- um, a teenager, the grade school kids are just looking at them like you know just amazing. Like the and heroes. then yeah. yeah, and then at the end, our whole team was there to pray for the kids, like in the schools, for example. And so you had these grandmas and grandpas and fathers. So I have so many pictures that I've taken of um, really precious moments. The 83-year-old 80, that I mentioned, Leon, she was handing out candy to the kids, just like a grandma <laughs> would. And I have a picture of it, you know, where they're all getting around her, um, you know, and then I've got pictures of fathers on our team just holding kids and mothers. Uh, you know, that's the important thing to realize is that we're all part of the family of God. Right. This is a giant that's family. That's really good. Drew. And part of going to Honduras is visiting your Honduran Relatives, you know that you didn't know you had, and it's just, and when you sense the same presence of the Lord there that you do here, um, there's that you just see that connection. There's a spiritual connection, the, the Spirit of God, you know, that's just so powerful. Um, so that's why, the, to answer
1: your question in a roundabout way, that the, the broad family of God is is the important yeah. thing. You know? So, so for the way that we're leading or you're leading uh, missions teams here, at Life Church Seven. There's a place for everyone. Yes. That, in other words, you started out by saying everyone should do it because there's, you know, it's multi-generational, yeah. and that's part of yeah. being missional in life, Lots of serving and loving the Lord. Yep. But you could take that, but then go somewhere like that and go, well, there's nothing for me to do because I'm old or because I'm young or because right. I'm not a teenager. I don't want to do a skit. But it sounds like there is a role and a place to play, yeah. especially if you're embracing the idea of, spiritual father or mother. That's a big demographic of our church, right? Yeah. So people in that age group, whether it's young adults with kids or, you know, your age where you've got a younger one and you've got teens, mm-hmm. my kids are grown, but you have this um, part of the nature of God, yeah. of the love of God, and being a spiritual mom or a spiritual dad to people. Yeah. One of the
0: really neat things that we saw too was, you know, not both parents can, you, can go to like, you know, uh, families, young families, for example, Uh, so we, I saw a number of our people, just uh, a mom and a son come and and just experience this trip together. It was just radically, um, you know, life changing for both of them. And I've seen that multiple times. We had a father, son on this trip, a mother, son. Um, and so, and then, and then entire families. So, you know, the, the kids, you know, three kids and then a mom and a dad on this trip. Wonderful. Yeah, Just it's just really, really, really special.
1: Tell us through about, is, is there, I'm not sure I want to ask this, but is there, you mentioned about when the Lord responds to faith. So when I asked something like, you know, why a missions trip and why is there this seemingly this sort of extra activation that happens in people or this extra grace that's on them uh, when they go there, is there extra in terms of people experiencing supernatural on a mission strip maybe than they do at home? Or is is it uh let's say maybe an initiation or an eye opener that you can also do this at home or tell us a little bit about that. What do you see? All of the above. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's we see
0: miracles every day at Life Church on the prayer line. Uh at the school young adults youth you know and our children's and ministry and a lot of
1: our people are doing it outside of our building right? that's right They're doing it here in our community yeah we do jobs
0: treasure stuff. hunts we go out into the city we meet people we i had a young adult call me last night she was praying for a young man in, um in the park and just was wondering if i was in the area if i could help or whatever so i i gave her some assistance with some people that could help that were close um but just our people are activated here already I think that one of the differences in a foreign country is like I said, it's like um the level of intensity, the amount the the and the intentionality so you're you're in a foreign country you're only there for one thing that is to to you know be on mission. you're yeah. on this missions trip so yeah. the, the root word is mission you are on a mission. Uh, you know, sent by God. It's like Bill and Ted's Adventure. Yeah, yeah. But uh, so it's it's a trip that you are intentional, and every every day you're you're doing something. You're activated. So today we're going here. Tomorrow we're going here, and then in the evening. So you come home, you rest, you get you know, um, dinner, and then you go back out and you serve at a local church. And so it's just it's. I would say it's um the intensity of it the the amount of opportunities that you have that maybe at, at home you wouldn't just every single day have yeah. those opportunities.
1: Tell stuff. us, a, maybe give us a testimony or two of some of the surprises that you saw on this most recent yeah. trip wow. around the supernatural yeah. and people maybe that hadn't engaged with that part of God before or yeah. seen God move through them specifically. That right. Time. Wow. So... There
0: were so many deaf ears opened, blind eyes opened. Um, and I say so many as in, I think for the ears, I, lo- I kept getting reports back from our teams that went out and I lost track at eight, nine, ten, something like that. Uh, people who have been deaf either their whole life or for the last 10, 15 years, uh, God just showed up and healed people. Wonderful. Uh, yeah. Um, and then one thing that was a little bit of a surprise this year was the amount of deliverances that we saw. People getting delivered of demonic, either oppression or possession, mm-hmm. different levels. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, it was, and it wasn't like we were focusing on that at all. It was just what God was doing. Yeah, yeah. Every year there seems to be a kind of a theme. Mm-hmm. Some years there's lots of salvations. Other years it's healings. Mm-hmm. This year was a lot of healing, physical healing, and a lot
1: of deliverance. People being set free. So many people. I'm just thinking set about what it says in Acts. I think it's chapter 10. Jesus went around doing good, you know, because God had anointed him, right? Yeah. Jesus went around doing good and healing mm. all who were oppressed of the devil. Yeah. I mean, that's literally what what we were
0: doing. Yeah. And so, I mean, and the unmistakable sound of a demon coming out, it was everywhere. I mean, there was, there was moments where you just kind of like, it sounded like a war zone. I mean, it was, it was a spiritual war zone. It seemed like that
1: would be surprising and maybe new for a lot of people on that trip. Yeah.
0: It was, it was new for me, the amount. I've been parts of deliverances, you know, and then we have them here and we, I've been a part of them. It's not something that's new to me. The amount and the intensity and the amount of freedom. And then the overwhelming presence of God coming in and restoring. Yeah. The the the, the exchange. That's one of my favorite things actually and why why I love deliverance and healing, physical healing. Sometimes those are connected. Um, is the exchange that happens. You go from mm-hmm. being extremely oppressed and some of these people for decades to completely free. Wonderful. And full of the spirit of God. I mean there's like yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like winning the lottery. It's yeah.
1: it's just you know. Yeah, that's really wonderful. Thank
0: you for joining today. We hope you enjoyed the message. If you want to know more about Life Church 7 or our School of Supernatural Ministry, visit us at lifechurch7.com. We hope you have a wonderful day today.